<laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> uh, uh, that was almost a ten-minute break. That's almost historic in AA. You normally you have to have a roundup if you have a, a ten, ten, ten-minute break, gathering up the herd. <laughs> so I commend you on that. Good stuff. Uh, in uh, Skim a little on, 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 on further on in this thing, but the uh, yeah wrapping up on, on the part on step ten. It's one of the shortest writings, but it's got some of the heaviest stuff in it. I, that that I, I really like that. Uh, and talking about that thing of, of what happens when we let up on quit practicing it. Of course, you know the old stuff returns. We get we get a full refund on our misery. The uh, what we have is a daily reprieve, continued on that maintenance of the spiritual condition. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of, of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will be done. Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts which must go with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line all we wish. It's the proper use of the will. And one more paragraph, and then I'll share a, a little something along that line. Much has already been said about receiving strength inspiration direction from him who has all knowledge and power. We have carefully followed directions. We have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. To some extent, we have become God conscious. We've begun to develop his vital vital sixth sense, but we must go further, and that means more action. And uh, and, and by the way, a lot of people call these three steps maintenance steps. I think they're anything but. I think they're building steps. They're really action steps, not maintenance at all. It may maintain, but that the primary thrust of this thing is put this thing into motion. Let it be a, a way to live, not just a way to be you know, benignly grateful for stuff. Let me tell you a thing that, that, that I do. That, uh, it, uh, it, it fits me. You know, I, don't, I don't try to market it, but it's just something that fits me. There's a, I, I have a routine. I did it on the porch this morning. But I, I I do it every morning if I'm at home. I, I do it in, out in my in, in, in that have a little little patio area and have a pond there that uh, with waterfall. And I and I like water. I, I like to be around water. It's soothing. There's just something about it that uh, sitting by a mountain stream is my idea of paradise. That that is a wonderful place to be. Do you want to sit outside? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> It's, it's, it's my idea, not my reality. I, 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 but thanks for the offer. Outside in Vancouver is not a, usually a wonderful idea. But, yeah, but, but what I do every every day if, if if I'm there and I do it else wherever I am, what I do is basically. To, to, to implement that spirit of what this is talking about, I, I go out, I go out to that pond and, and I have a little bit of breakfast out there. I normally just have fruit, you know, maybe a cereal or something. I take the dog and let him bark at the squirrels and all that. And uh, so I just sort of sit there for a while, and, uh, and and I do three basic things, you know, when I'm trying to meditate. You know, the first thing I try to do is get my mind slowed down. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know about you. But my mind races most of the time. 
I mean, my, my mind's almost an enemy because that sucker is always probing into something. And so first thing I have to do is just get it quietened down as much as you can. I mean, it never quits, but it at least can tone down, you know, so that it's not just making a lot of noise. So, so I, I sit there for a little while and just sort of get, get open and get peaceful and, and so I can be receptive, you know. And then, then three, there's three basic things that I do to get suited up. One, is I reflect on who I am. Not just that I'm Tom Ivester, a nice young man, not that, but that, but who I am as a human being. And I'm a guy who, by any measurable standard, ought to be dead. I, I mean, there is no way that I can justify being here. There is no way that I can explain why I've done all of the goofy stuff I've done and survived. By any standard, I ought to be dead. And not. Instead of being dead, I have been given a life beyond imagination. Most people who have alcoholism, the overwhelming majority of people who have alcoholism die of it. You know, just like David. You know, an awful lot of people who try AIDS die. You know, it's a terrifically fatal illness. And so the overwhelming majority of people on earth you know, probably 90% of the alcoholic population in this world have never heard of anything to do for alcoholism. Never, you know, doesn't even know it exists. And they die of conditions in total ignorance, you know. And, and in our country, the, the death rate is extremely high. The suicide rate is extremely high, both in and out of AA. So it, it's a terrifically deadly illness. And so I just reflect on that a little bit, not morbidly, but just realistically that by any kind of measurable standard, I can't explain why I'm still here. I mean, no way. But instead, I've been given a solution. I didn't even look for it. I mean, didn't even ask for any help. And I was given a solution. Now, it had some work requirements in it, but I was given a solution. I didn't even know AA existed. And some people just said, hey, God, try this. Yeah. Nobody ever pushed me into AA or anything. They just basically gave some concerned guidance and said, you know, you ought to try that out. And, so, and in, in, with that kind of a feeble non-effort, I walked into a program and, and a life happened that not only gave me a life, but a life beyond my imagination. That's literally true, beyond my imagination. And, and so... I reflect on that a little bit. You know, that, that here's a guy who ought to be dead, who's been given something he didn't even ask for, and then given a life that's just beyond description. So I think about that. And I think about how grateful I am for the gift I've been given. And it doesn't take long. You know, the whole exercise, I'm taking a little longer explaining just to try to draw the picture. Because that's all it is, you know. It's, it's not, you know, like trying to, God, make me a spiritual robot. You know, what my real purpose is, I'm trying to get in tune with my higher power. That's what I want to do, is get into the right wavelength, into, into sync with my higher power. And, and so, I reflect on that for just a little bit. And, and think about how grateful I am for that life. So, the second thing is that I want to wear that gift well. If I'm so grateful, I want it to show. I want it to show. 
I want to be an example of what sobriety looks, looks like in a grateful human being. I don't want to be some grumpy, grouchy yo-yo that's got some snide remark for everything. I, I, I cut people a little bit every once in a while, but gently. It's, they, don't, they don't even know they're cut until the arm falls off. <laughs> but but I, I want to wear that gratitude. I want it to look good. If I'm so grateful for what I've been given, I want to look like I might even be remotely worthy of the gift. Eh? Yeah, I don't want to be some guy that just sort of pollutes every environment I get into. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I want to be a good example. Yeah, if I somebody sees and say, that, you know that guy there? He, he's, he's real active in AA. I want to look like a good example of AA. That's the least I could do for God's sakes. You know, I've been given a life. The very least I can do is look like that that life means something and that it wasn't a, a bad investment, you know, that it might be a decent human. So I want to express that gratitude. I want to express it in how I deal with people. I don't want to be rude and overbearing. And yet, uh, We were talking break uh, uh, about a, a, a thing that, that I do. That it's, it's like that in a way, and yet it's a little bit more proactive as a... Uh, I'm not a fan of just just open, random discussions. I, I mean, they give me a headache, and uh, I, I just I just don't like it, you know, because it, it just it's not productive for me. And so sometimes I'll go into a, to a group where that's what the mode is. I've never left. Uh, I'm no nobody's going to run me out of AA. I, I don't. They might if they oozy, I might go, but I, I'm not leaving. You know, I'm staying right here. So when I go in, and sometimes I'll go in and my heart will sink a little bit. Say, oh, God, no. You're not getting into this post-mortem stuff. But, yet, but I don't leave. I sit there. And if, if, if they make the mistake of calling on me, or uh, it's one of those round-the-table deals, if it's on one of those things of demonizing something, when it gets to me, I act like I'm deaf, dumb, and blind. Act like I haven't heard one word that's been said. And then I begin to share with what I want to share in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it won't be me too. It'll be what I want to do. I'll give you an example. I had a 12-step call one day. And I, I didn't know what to do with this guy. You, <laughs> a meathead drunk, a bad drunk. I took him in my office and guarded him all day. <laughs> would, wouldn't let him go out unattended. And I uh, kept him. And I, I was in the night of my hometown. I was in a different before my office was. And uh, I was going to take him to a meeting that night. And I, I knew a group that had what was called a beginner's meeting. Well, I said, what else are you going to do with a guy that you're 12-stepping? Yeah, of course I'm going to take him to that beginner's meeting. So we go in, huge meeting, huge meeting. They had broke up into six groups, and one of them was a beginner's meeting. I said, well, that's for me and him. <clears throat> Sat in the meeting, in the in beginner's meeting, dumbfounded. Nobody ever said anything even didn't rhyme with beginner. They started talking about somebody's canary fell out or something, and <laughs> nothing. And I'm sitting here with a bandew drunk. I mean, a bad case, a bad case. Good God. Uh, well, you know, I don't think about that. 
I've 12 stepped that dude 25 times. If I do it one more time, I'm going to choke him. And, but, but, but here's a bad case. So I'm sitting there thinking, for God's sake, come on, man, let's talk about sobriety. Let's talk about newcomers. Let's talk about one day at a time. Let's talk about the survival stuff, for God's sake. You know, not refinement. And uh, so, understanding and effective, you say. Yeah, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't volunteer. You know, say, let me speak. I don't do that. And uh, so, I made an exception. <laughs> I stuck my head up, and the, and the gal leading the bed and said, "Yeah, Tom, what?" And uh, I started talking drunk talk. Now he'd been listening to me all day. I didn't want him to have to listen to me, but I'm not going to take him in some meeting with that rinky-dink stuff. It had nothing to do with getting sober, and so that's what I started doing. And so, I mean, that's the way I I, 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 that I like to operate in that. You that I'm not going to just sit there. And be a complaining spectator. You know, somewhere or other, I'm going to make a contribution if I can. Now, I'll tell you the remarkable thing that we were talking about at the break. I've been doing for many, many years that, that thing of, with, 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 uh, you know, going into a meeting. And if it comes to me, I act like I haven't heard one thing. And I start talking about recovery. Never rude. Never chastising anybody. Never complaining. What I do is is suddenly, oh, bless your heart. He knows that I got robbed so many times in Detroit. <laughs> yes. it, it, was, it was almost an even split with how many I robbed. <laughs> so, if, if I take something, they, but if you see what, see what I'm talking about, it, it, it's, it's, it's a matter of, of, of if, if you want to see it, do it. You know, don't try to make somebody else do it. If you want to see it, do it. That way you can't miss. And I swear to God, I have never done that and seen the meeting go back to what it was. I'm not the only guy in there aggravated. You know, people come looking for a solution. They're not looking for just a bunch of stuff. You know, and so people want that. They want it badly. And the meeting never goes back. There's another word for that. It's called leadership. We were talking about that the other day. You know, and somebody has to take the lead. You know, else you can just sit back and watch you go down the tube and pay no attention. Yeah. And so that's just a simple little thing that to me has to do with this thing. And so that's a way of showing some gratitude. So that the one thing I do is let me let me wear that gratitude and then use it. Let me share it to the best of my ability. That's the second thing. I want to be a good example that somebody would be willing to follow or buddy up with or whatever and not some guy that's just sort of a rude, crude dude that's hard to put up with. I just don't want to do that. And so that's the second thing is how, how I carry myself. If I, you know, I live in a fairly small town. I, I, most people probably in that town, if they know me, they know I'm an AA. You know, the guy was going to tourist was going through one day and stopped at a coffee shop and said, I know a guy in this town. And whoever was waiting on him said, who is he? said, his name's Tom Ivester. And, and the person in the counter said, yeah, I know him. And he said, where do you reckon I can find him? He said, well, it's Monday night. Go over to the First Baptist Church. <laughs> That's what happens in small town America. That probably wouldn't happen in Vancouver. But it sure happens there. And, uh, and I'm glad it does. I've had them send them to my house. Yeah. Pulled into McDonald's the other day. I had to get an emergency cup of coffee. 
went in there dark, dark, and I heard this voice in there, Hi, Tom. <laughs> so, there's no anonymity in small town America. That, uh, anyway, but I want to be a good example, Joe, you know, because they'll know me on my bad days, too. I don't want to be that guy that's crabby and crutched and over a quarter at a Kmart or something. You know. I, I want to be somebody who looks like a decent human who would say, I don't know much about AA, <clears throat> but I know a guy that's in it. Put your touch with it. <laughs> That's what I want to do. So that's what I'm trying to do in the morning. I'm, lab- I'm laboring over that more than I really need to. I think you see what I'm talking about. I'm trying to get into the right frame of mind so I can go out and have a useful, purposeful day. So I can use my recovery to good advantage. So is what I'm doing. And so those are just in sort of more internal things, you know, that I really understand what's wrong with me. I understand the illness. I understand what the gift. I understand what it's like to try to be a decent example. And the third thing that, that, I, that, I, that I asked for every morning, did this morning, was to make me sensitive to opportunities to be of service. Not for opportunity to be of service. They're everywhere. You don't need to pray for that but to make me sensitive to opportunities to be of service. And my God, if you if you say that prayer, you better mean it. Because I'll guarantee you, you'll get flooded with more opportunities you know what to do with. And uh, they're everywhere. You know, that, you know I, was, I was walking one day in front of a little strip mall thing there, and there was a, a husky-looking woman with a little pickup truck. She had two barrels. You're making that face again. She, she, had, she had two barrels, <laughs> and uh, they looked heavy. And so I'm going by, and you got to make a quick decision. You want to butt in or act like you don't see it, you know. And, and so I, I said, ah, what the heck. Yeah, so I, I started over, and I, this day and time, people are suspicious about folks approaching. And uh, so I started at her, and she got in the position. <laughs> she she ready to take me off. And I said, those things look heavy. She said, my God, they are. I said, well, let me help you with the thing. She looked at me dumbfounded. You know, that that's not supposed to happen. You know? And I, so she did. She let me. I had to do it by myself. She just retired. And I was counting on her. But got the, bar- got the barrels on you. Well, that's no big deal, is it? That's not a cure for cancer. But don't you know she had a better day? How about me? That's what it's about. <clears throat> it's about participating in this thing called life and being a productive part so that I'm not in a blue funk all the time, that I'm really on top of my game, could do stuff. That, that, now, I, I could give you tons of examples of that. I, I'll just give you one more with, with no, no extra charges. It's on the house. But I, I, I do, you, you know, but I do a lot of stuff on airplanes. And... Uh, I won't tell one, I don't think, unless I just can't resist. But they, I got on one the other day, and there was a little short woman. You know how it's a long ways up there to that thing. And this little gal, she couldn't have gotten up there with a ladder. I mean, that's and she got this bag, and she tried to figure out what to do with it. So I went over to her, and I said, give me the bag. And she said, no. And she turned away. And I said, give me the bag. And I just took it away from her. You know, I mean, I wasn't rough on brutal, but I was insistent. So I said, give me the bag. So I took the bag, put it up. And she said, I really appreciate that. I said, well, I'm happy to do it. She said, you're from the South, aren't you? And I, I said, 
Well, I am. I said, why do you ask? She said, well, I'm from New York, and we don't do that in New York. <laughs> I said, yes, you do. She said, no, we don't. I said, yes, you do. The only difference is in New York, if you take your bag, they'll leave with it. <laughs> she, 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 says, she said, man, you're right about that. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's just a freaky little old thing. <laughs> no big deal. was to her. Was to her, it'd be to him or him, him, uh, hernia, yeah, whatever. But anyway, just simple little stuff, eh? Be sensitive to that. And if I'm not sensitive to it, that's what I'm asking God to help me do, is to be sensitive, to see it. And if I'm not tuned in, I'll walk right past it. Walk right past it, not even see it. And, uh, I lied, I'm gonna tell you one more. A guy was, <laughs> it's not a biggie, but it was biggie to him. There was a guy, Walking back like me, that only worse toward the gates at the airport, and I'm standing over there by a wheelchair, and this guy is really working trying to walk. So I went over and I said, stopped him. I said, uh, I got a wheelchair. It wasn't mine, but I said I got a wheelchair over here. I'd be glad to roll you down to the gate if you like. He said, No, 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 sir. I appreciate you doing that. But I'm trying, it's therapy for me. I, I want to do this walking because it's the, way I, the only way I'm going to be able to walk. I said, good. They appreciated me doing it. <coughs> making the offer. So I do that because that's the kind of world I want to live in. I don't want to live in a world with pushing and shoving and being guarded and cautious about everything you do. There's nothing naive. I mean, by God, if you live in Detroit and, and Chicago and those kind of places, you don't get naive. You know, I mean, you're aware of human nature and stuff like that. And so, there's a difference between being stupid and being civil in appropriate settings. You know, so that's what I want to do, and that's, that's how I want to live my life. You know, so that I'm, I'm not only, but I'm of service. I don't have to wait till somebody calls me. You can be of service. God knows how many times a day. And and so. That's what I do with that thing. And so when I do my daily stuff, get my preparation, that's what I want to do. Is that I'm not asking God to tell me when to turn left and stuff like that. I'm not a spiritual puppet. No, I want to get in tune with my higher power. And, and, and so that my life flows instead of just a whole bunch of herky-jerky stuff. Now, I put something else in there so this doesn't count as a third one, but I'll tell you one more. One more. That... Uh, it, 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 Peter heard me, heard me talk about that. It really meant something to me. I, I was in uh, O'Hare in Chicago, one of the more grungy airports around, but it, it's, uh, but it serves a purpose. So I'm in, I'm in O'Hare, and I'm going down the concourse, headed trying to get to a plane. And uh, all at once I realized I was grinning. You don't grin in airports. I mean, man, they'll put a net on you if you grin in airports. Uh, everybody's mad in airports. They, they don't have to be mad about anything. They're just mad. And so, going to charging down that thing. And so I realized I'm great. And it embarrassed me. I said, Jesus, man, what am I doing? <laughs> so I put on my game face. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I got thinking about that. What on earth am I doing grinning in O'Hare Airport? And I thought about it. And what I thought about was a guy, I know you've never heard him, but there was a guy named Michael Jordan. That, uh, about from North Carolina, by the way. <laughs> he just bought some property five miles from my house. My property values may go up just a little. You know, just a little. Go with Michael. 
But it, I, I, I thought about my, I was thinking about why on earth am I grinning in some situation? I'm on the way to Fargo, North Dakota. And it's February. And it is cold in Fargo, North Dakota. And I'm on the way there. And I'm thinking, for God's sake, you know, what's wrong with a guy doing this? And then I thought about why do it? There, Michael Jordan, and I'm sure you've seen it, he's been run a million times, he was in a game and he was just having one of those blind days, you know, where he could not miss. I mean, he could shoot from midcourt, blindfolded, and hit it. And so he went down and made some unreal, unreal sign of a, of a dunk or whatever. And he's trotting back up the course and he goes past the opposing bench, he turns to him and gives it that Excuse me, excuse me, Tony, that Polish salute, you know. <laughs> don't ask me, man. I don't know. I just I threw the ball, you know. And so he gave it that shrug. And later on, he described it as being in a zone because he could not miss. I mean, everything was working. And he called it a zone. And when he said that, that really identified why I was grinning that day. And, and it was those three basic things I was talking about. I was exactly who I'm supposed to be. No pretense, no sham, no trying to impress. I'm exactly who I am. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm on my way to Fargo, North Dakota. I told some people I would be there, and that's exactly where I was headed. You know, and I was doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's what, for me, it produces that zone. Where it's not just some sort of a thing of getting going and trying to find spirit and all that stuff. It's about being tuned in. And so my whole deal when I'm sitting out of that pond is I want to get in tune with my higher power. And then I focus on those three things. But what comes out of that is the engine, the energy to, to, to engage in life in that kind of a way. So that it really becomes a life where we're happy, joyous, and free. And, and so... I've had millions, not millions, but many thousands of, of experiences along that line. And to me, that's what this whole business is about. It's, it's not about becoming a spiritual zombie. It's about becoming a useful servant. And, 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 and good God, you know, the winner is me. Every single time, the winner is me. And so I see these, these this 10, 11, 12 as uh, very clearly action steps, you know, not meditation steps. And not, I mean, you've got that built in. But it's not about studying my navel and going through all this kind of stuff. It's about getting suited up to engage in life and let the spiritual be spiritual life be the way I live and not just some study I do. And so anyway, that that's that's what I do on a daily basis. And uh, there's nothing super about that. It's just my way of living the spiritual life. It's my way of letting this become a way of life and not just some activity I engage in. You know, it's the way I live. It's the way I do, you know, wherever I am. So, so that is, it works for me. Off well, I, I, I said we wouldn't be interactive, but anybody any comment or anything you want, want want to say or advise or whatever. Yeah, Tony. Don't ask me, man. I got you. 
Yeah, thank you, Tom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been in some step studies where the leader slash facilitator has said that they'll use the word prayer and meditation kind of interchangeably the way he describes the steps of using different words. I've been in some step studies where they say that you need to get a sheet of paper and write down the thoughts that come to you. And if they're selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, or threatened, they're not from God. I've been in some step studies where they say you do a quiet thing where you try to quieten the voices inside you. The other one says, listen to the voices inside. Is it kind of an individual thing? It's, you know, the book says, upon arising, when we retire at night. And that's good stuff. Did, did Bill Wilson use the word meditation in the 1940s the way we do today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, we got a couple million members. We've got a couple million ways of doing it. You know, to do, we're free to do what fits us. You know, we don't have conformity or this kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's a matter of finding what works in my life. You know, how does this work for me? And now I'm a, I'm an activist type of guy. I, I'm not a I'm not a I mean I, I'm not a dummy, but I'm not a deep thinker. I don't spend my time in analysis and all this stuff. The uh, what I want to do is get into action. Like, like when I do, I don't do studies. I don't do studies. We do that weekly in my group. We do discussions, and that's what we do. Basically, go through the book in in that in that particular group. When I take people through the book, it's action. It's action. Yeah. What we're trying to do is make those, that, that program, which is what our book is. This is the story of recovery. And what we want to do is make that book my book. We want to make that be my program of recovery. So that's what our objective is. And and. Uh, so I don't get into the nuances of this participle versus that noun and that kind of stuff. You know, I, I like to get into the action mode. You know, that's my approach to it. And so when I take people through the book, what we're looking in, looking for is members. We're looking for real strong members. And rather than just refining their vocabulary, we want them to be strong members when they come out. You know, you know my home group, by, by the way, it was a product of a big book workshop. And... Uh, but the one I, I, I referred to a little earlier where this, this gal came in and I didn't like. And, and went through and had 15 people. And, and they started bugging me about starting a group. And uh, I was the founder of the group I was in. And, and so they, they, they said, we want to start a group. I said, well, go ahead. You guys are ready. Just go 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 for it. You can do it. They said, well, I don't know. We want you to come with us. I, I can't desert the ship, man. I'm driving. And so they, uh, they said, oh, come on. It's, uh, and so I thought about it, and my, my, my then home group was well established. It had found its niche. It was a real good group, and it served a real purpose of what we, we set out to do with that group. And I realized that, that it was not going to make any difference if I left. We were, we, by then, we were several years old, no good number of years old. And so I just I dropped a rumor. <laughs> Didn't make it now. You don't announce something like that. I just dropped a rumor that I might be helping start a new group. If I didn't want to just look around one day, where's Tom? Yeah, well, he's left. He's deserted the ship. So I just started a rumor, and I didn't dispute it, and so we started a group. Now, I'll tell you, and that's what I'm talking about when I say to make it the way we live, you know, not just the way we think, but the way we live. When we started that group, I told the guys, I said, I, I, will, I will join in and help start a group if you really want a group. If you want a meeting, count me out. But if you want a group where you're really purposeful and doing something and, and about carrying out the program, count me in. 
And they wanted a group. And they said, what we want is action. You know, we don't want a lot of conversation. We want action. Because when you get through with a workshop, you're pumped. And a lot of times you're pumped and don't have an adequate vehicle. Now, if you get pumped and they don't have a group that's supportive or in tune with that, you feel like you're from another planet, you know. So they, they said they wanted action. All right, by golly, we did. We did a, did a little thing. I, I guess it's just a way of putting legs on some of this thing. You know, what does that mean in real life? The, we, didn't, we didn't have a meeting. We pulled together. We had ten people who really wanted to help develop that group. Ten people. We met in the back of a guy's business. It was not an AA meeting. It was a planning session by AA members. And so we did the first meeting. We did a... I'm a, I'm a, a, a brainstorming guy. You know, I, I really like quick thinking. And what I found is that my first thought is the best it ever gets. When I think about it, I screw it up. But my first thought is what I really believe. And so I like brainstorming. You know, where you don't discuss it, you just put it on the wall. And it stays there unless you deliberately make a decision to take it down. So in, in 12 minutes, in 12 minutes with a brainstorming session, the question was, if we do a group, what is a component or something that you would insist on having as part of that group? A lot of times you just get a coffee pot and go and let's see what happens. Well, that's kind of a weak, weak method, I think. And so we said, what are those things? We got through, we had 19 qualities or components in 12 minutes. And they were the same we'd get here, you know, what we wanted that group to be. And uh, I added, I arbitrarily added a 20th when I put in Rule 62. And, uh, <laughs> and it's a good thing. We practice that Rule 62. But that told us what we're looking for. So designing the group was a no-brainer. We know what people are looking for, so how do you do that? And so we put together the components that would deliver. That's why we started out day one with every service committee that exists in AA. One minute, Dave. That, the, uh, more than one minute, but it won't be much more. <laughs> the, I don't want to lie on Sunday. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but before we ever started, you know, we had ten positions and committees already lined up. It just so happened, another one of those sort of uh, spontaneous things happened. We had ten people, ten positions. And so, now I was thinking ahead just a little bit. We had the ten things lined up, and somebody said, where in the world are we going to get people for all those, all those service things? I said, well, I hate to tell you, but it's already completed. We've got ten of them, ten of us. Pick one. <laughs> so we were we were organized as a as a group, functional group before we ever met, and and so you know then it was just, it was really a no brainer. You know once once you get what you're looking for, what do you do it? Put it together, and so we went to work, and uh, that's that's 14 years ago, and and uh, it's, it's turned into a powerful group. It's a very very strong service oriented group. It the legacies are in place absolutely. And, and so that, that's what I mean about an action thing. It's not just getting jazzed up about something. It's, it's about putting it into motion, you know, really making it come alive. And uh, so I know that this, after we met for two or three weeks, the guy that was the chairman of the newcomer committee, <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's a very slow, I mean, he's a sharp guy. He's a high-tech computer guy. 
but it's, it's kind of burned his cells a little, so he's slow. And, but he said, came to me one day and he said, we ain't got no newcomers. And I said, yeah, you know, I noticed that. And he said, well, what do you think we ought to do about it? I said, well, I said, I'll tell you what, let's start a newcomer meeting. And he said, didn't you hear what I said? He <laughs> said, we ain't got no newcomers. I said, I said, yeah, I heard that, but let's start a newcomers group. He said, well, that's the dumbest thing ever. I said, well, do it anyway. Just, just humor me a little bit. <laughs> well, if you put newcomer on the door, you better be prepared. Because I guarantee you, everybody that's got alcohol is captured anywhere. That is like saying Mecca is right over here, you know. And so the first night we met in that newcomer group, that overwhelmed me. You know, we had over 20 people the first time we met. And, and so, you know, it just went from there. But to me, that, you know, that, that's, that's why I like to, to get into a real action mode with this kind of thing. You know, it, it not, why I like, why I like a workshop over a study, you know, that, uh, the, the study is ongoing. I'll be studying for the rest of my life. But I like a workshop because it puts legs on it and it gets me into motion. You know, it gets me moving on stuff. And so that, by the way, that, that, I mentioned the other day that the, uh, that, that newcomer thing has been a marvelous thing. We've had only one single purpose problem in 14 years. Because automatically, most of the people who come in with confusion about what they are and this kind of thing are new in the program. And so the natural thing is they'll go into the newcomer program. They're prepared to help work that through. If they have a different kind of a problem, to help them find that place. So it works out just great. You know. that's, that's a long filibuster on that. Yeah, my, uh, and then, Dave, you got right here. Um, you know, I've been working on some spiritual tools. I know a couple of them, like, when I'm, uh, you know, set with someone, pray for them, I say, God, this is a person saying for the name of that will be done. What are the other spiritual tools that, like, maybe I don't know, look in a book, or, you know, I use? Yes, what are some spiritual tools in the book that you use for the program? Well, it's what our program is, is spiritual tools, you know, that... Yeah, in that preface to the 12 and 12, there's that little blurb in there that I think really says it well. You know, our steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life, will expel the obsession to drink and enable the sufferer to become usefully whole. And to me, that's, that's enough. You know, what, what that tells me exactly what the steps are. And, uh, we got tons of spiritual principles. But I, I like to keep focus on the steps, you know, that if I, if I t- practice those steps as a way of life, you know, it will help me deal with all the vicissitudes of life, you know, that, so I don't, I don't need to carry around a lot of those things. I mean, God knows we've got enough slogans that we can cover the wall with them and, and things that put it in succinct little deals. But, but I, I really like to use the steps. If I have a specific thing, just like we talked about last night, that uh, tradition is extremely useful to me in terms of how we deal with situations. Because most of the time, the things that come up like you're talking about, they have to do with relationships. And you know, what we're trying to do is build relationship with us and the world around us. You know? And so I, I like to use those straight line tools like that. You know, that, that my, my method, the way I like to do it. I have limited capacity in my mind. <laughs> I have to be careful. David, you got yeah. uh, you know, a question, Tom. Uh, you talk about Rule 52, and the question is, 
But when is it an appropriate time to use uh, the so-called Rule 62, and and when is it uh, an inappropriate time to uh, to uh, quote that uh, particular rule? And what was the purpose behind uh, the real intent behind Rule 62? We're not a glum lot, it says somewhere. But we can get awfully morbid sometimes if we don't. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's important to, 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 to enjoy life, you know, to enjoy life. And so, and I'll, I'll inject a little humor in something because it just sort of makes stuff flow better, you know, and it makes it a lot more pleasant. You know, if you just get into some grim, kind of hard driving lecture or stuff like that, it, it'll wear you down, you know. And so there are just times in a, in a, in a meeting where just a, the, the little offhand remark can just break attention, you know, like in a business meeting or something like that. There's some little thing, but that, that's all it is. Just don't take yourself too seriously. That's, that's what the rule says. I don't want to get all caught up in the fact that every move I make is going to be cataclysmic for the earth. You know, it's, it's, it's not. You know, it, so I don't want to take myself too seriously. I want to enjoy life. Come on in. I'm serious as a heart attack. But I hide it fairly well, you know. And so, yeah. Follow up to that. What you're saying is the Rule 62 is, is not an official. It's, it has no bearing in the Yeah. Yeah. That's that's it. Yeah. If you get too serious about it, you screw it up. You know, and, and so you got you got to you got to relax and be natural. You know, and if you get into that. It's like somebody doing. I, heard, I talked to somebody one time. Was a movie person, and they were telling me that, uh, you know, that what they have to do is is let that script become part of them, so that it's a natural kind of a thing, and not just just reporting what was said to them in a script or something. That it, I, I think that's all it is. Just a way of not getting too serious about this thing. It's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And uh, if you get too caught up in it, so you think everything you say is going to be life affecting all that. Just to sort of sort of go where it looks, where it looks to me, what it means. Yeah. Have a question uh, for you. Yeah. Uh, do you take sponsorship, and what do you expect, or not? <coughs> not what you expect out of your sponsorship, but one, if you take sponsorship, how do you take it? You know, what does it do for you? Fifty-two years of well, I, I tell you well, what. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Shoot, man. There's no spot on that. I think that's vital. My sponsor is my most tangible link to Alcoholics Anonymous. My most tangible link. You know, that, that's my lifeline. That's my hook. So my sponsor, I, my sponsor is not somebody I hit on at a dance. My sponsor is somebody I carefully selected and, uh, and set up an agreement. So I, I take sponsorship very seriously. I, I think it's a very important thing. I'll give you, as quickly as I can, I'll just give you a little rundown. In, in our group, we... Like in that newcomer meeting, we strongly encourage temporary sponsorship for people who who come in and and have not, have got, not got their, their sales set yet, and it's kind of silly to be walking around trying to set up a lifelong kind of commitment. So we encourage, and we have a definition on it. We have a job description for that that we recommend that it be for 60 days, and then there's a list of things we want to be accomplished in that 60 days. What would that be, Tom? There are things about, well, just the protocols for who will call who and when and how often and that kind of thing. Those kind of protocols. <coughs> Introduce them to the literature, explain sponsorship. At the end of 60 days, we want them to be prepared to either make the relationship permanent or to be prepared to, to, uh, to seek a sponsor. 
So we want the culmination of that temporary deal to be into permanent sponsorship either with that person or with somebody else. So that's, that's the design for it. And it helps because people come in, they don't have a clue. They don't know what a sponsor is. And, and so it's kind of silly to get people running around trying to find somebody, walk up somebody to a meeting and, will you sponsor me? You don't even know them. You know, and so we try to get that to be done on a more solid footing. And uh, the the thing that you know, I I think I take sponsorship very seriously. Yeah, I figured you did. Yeah, and when you know when I've got a sponsor or I'm sponsoring somebody, I'm not just sponsoring their drinking. My job as a sponsor is to help them achieve their max. And they may not be like me. We don't clone members here. You know, what we do is try to help people achieve their max. And their trail may go differently than mine. Mine's not to mandate them into mine or to get them to conform. You can tell that by Pete. <laughs> but but it's not it. It's, just, it's for me to help guide you know, and, and, and step in. I, 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 tell you, let me tell you how I like to work it. Is I get asked about sponsorship a lot of times, and, and I have some, some, some guidelines that I, that I follow. I, I, as a rule, I will avoid sponsoring people with less than five years in, my, in the local community. Simply because in the first five years, I think that personal contact is important, and I'm not available a lot of the time. And so there, it's, it's, it's in terms of being able to meet the needs of that person. So normally if somebody in my, in my local area asks me, and I'll say, what I'll do is get somebody else I sponsor and yeah. say, talk to them. And so over five, then it's a little different deal. Out of state, I run into a, to a lot, you know, that sometimes you sound brilliant if, if people don't see you too long. <laughs> and so every once in a while somebody say, would you sponsor me? And my answer is no. And, uh, but, the better answer is, but I'd be glad to talk with you, because I don't. I would never. That's like hitting on somebody to dance and calling it marriage, you know. And so, you know, so we'll, we'll talk about it. I won't sponsor anybody without at least a two-hour meeting. And what I'm basically want to do is is get to, to know what this relationship will be about. You know, how will we function? And uh, oh, can so, I ask you a question about that? Yeah. That, when you're going to say how it's going to function, that that a lot of times that if somebody would ask me to sponsor them, that depending that they can't stay sober, mm -hmm. it, it's a little bit different for me because mm -hmm. I'll try to have a little bit more hands-on. But mm -hmm. a lot of times I'll ask the person that you know, well, okay, as your sponsor, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you want me to sponsor you? <coughs> Well, I, we, I use a more negotiating style. Okay. You know, what, what I'll do is, is I meet with folks. and I, Well, let me give you a live case example. That, yeah. that, um, I, well, let me give you two. Two. Let me give you one sort of short term and then, a, then, then how I do it, how I did it personally. I had a guy a while back that, that asked me about sponsorship, and, and I knew him. He was a local guy, a nice young businessman, and you know, I'd known him. Uh, he was he wasn't a great member. I mean, I knew he wasn't the founder. He he was he was one of those guys sort of flits around, you know. And she asked me about it, and I said, "Well, you know, we'll talk." And and so we, we we went to lunch or something one day. And so we started to talk about it, and and uh, it's, it's kind of established who he was. He was 13 years sober, and uh, he had a sponsor, and and he was but he wanted to make a change, and and. 
So, and I was aware of his stuff, and I had him run down what his activities were now. And he said, would you like to know who my sponsor is now? And I said, well, I don't particularly care, but if you want to tell me, it would be fine. He told me his sponsor was a non-alcoholic counselor at a treatment center. Well, I didn't say anything for a minute because I didn't want to be ugly. And uh, but when, when the smoke kept quit coming out of my ears, I said, uh, I said, may I make a suggestion to you? And he said, yeah, what? I said, may I suggest you've never had a sponsor. What you had was the world's longest aftercare plan. And that, now you think about that. You know, this guy's umbilical is still tied to the treatment center. You know, it wouldn't be startling, I don't think, when you think about that. This guy had never had a home group. He had never sponsored anybody. He'd never had a service commitment of any sort whatsoever. You know, so that's what I mean. The umbilical is still there. You know, it's he's got some trend. Well, anyway, but you can see. And so I told him, and, and this was, we didn't negotiate too much on this. I said, uh, let me just give you a warning <laughs> that if we get into sponsorship, Things will change, or else we won't do it. You're going to have a home group. You're going to have to be mine, but you're going to have to have a home group where you're responsible for something other than feeding yourself, you know, that you're going to have to be a, a, a member. You're going to have to have some service commitments. You're going to have to sponsor people. You know, the typical stuff. Of, of, this is a 13-year member, for God's sakes, who's never done any of that. And so now we reached a kind of a hard hard line kind of a deal and uh, so I said you, you think that over because don't just go jumping into that thing if you're not willing to make this kind of stuff and so sometimes it's like that and, and so he he, uh, he said I want to go through with it it's about like saying yeah let's have brain surgery he was not thrilled at the prospect <laughs> but, uh, just a few months he was GSR for the group and after that he was DCM and uh, and he's an excellent member of Alcoholics yeah. Anonymous. Yeah. So sometimes it depending on who it is, you know that. But I I would not consider sponsoring somebody just with some spontaneous thing. Will you sponsor me? Yeah. That, that's that's cheap. That's a cheap shot, you know. And you're talking about somebody to be engaged in your life. And so I want to be really thoughtful about that, and and to try to understand where this person is, not with what my mandates yeah. are. Yeah. But I want to help him become a, a member and see what he does. Let me finish this. Now. The uh, Bill wants to know what time it is. He said he's watched shot. And uh, the uh, let me finish this up. And then we'll, then we'll, we'll we'll take that obligatory break before we have a right. The uh, <laughs> let me mention one other aspect yeah, of the sponsorship yeah. that that uh, mine. You know, like I've, I've had five, uh, five sponsors since I've been in AA. I have never dismissed a sponsor or fired. I think that's the most bizarre term for how you stop a spiritual relationship. Be fired for God's sakes. You know, that's all it is, a spiritual connection. You know, and so I've never done that. You know, I've had five sponsors. And, and they've either died, well, they've all, all died that I've, that, uh, that I've lost. And, uh, and a, 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 an interesting dilemma happened. And there's some in here who are a little long of tooth that uh, would, would understand this. As you get older in the program, the problem becomes greater. 
not less, becomes greater. And so I have a criteria for what I'm looking for, just like I do in a group. What I want the problem be, Tom? What problem would be becoming greater? That kind of law? Finding one. Oh, a sponsor? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm the oldest active man in my state. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm not going to find him there. You know, I want somebody senior to me. I want somebody who's involved in all the legacies. I want somebody who is an active member. I want somebody who exemplifies what I'd like to be as a member. So I've got a criteria of what I'm looking for. I'm not just looking for a pretty face. You know, I'm, I'm looking for somebody that's the real deal. And, and uh, as you get older, that becomes more and more difficult to find. And so what I do is I know what I'm looking for, and I know a lot of people. And so I'll just start drawing a, a, an increasing circle. And I'd love to have it in my town. It's not there. I'd love to have it in my state. It's not there. My region is not there. And the last time, which is 25 years ago, I, I widened that circle and, and I hit pay dirt in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And uh, the guy there, that uh, <laughs> a great guy, uh, he's the guy that introduced me to my wife. So I, I figured there was some poetic justice. <laughs> if, uh, if you get me into this stuff, man, you're going to have to help me live with it. <laughs> it uh, and, uh, and, uh, and a lot of y'all know him. It, it's Cease, uh, Cease Corgo was the guy. Because he, he really was <clears throat> what I looked for. It. So I called him and said we were going to be in Midland, Texas together. And I said, can I get a couple hours with you while we're down there? And so we sat down. We did exactly what I did with that young fellow I was talking about. Where we went over and we made a deal about how we would communicate. How, because we're 3,000 miles apart. You know, how are we going to communicate? How will we be in touch? And this kind of thing. And, and so I've had him for 25 years. And, and, uh, said, I don't have any plans of getting rid of him. He's in, he's in, 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 he's in a, he's incapacitated quite a bit right now. But, but I'm not going to leave that. That guy's still, he's my spiritual job. He's my sponsor. But that's what I mean by, by getting more difficult, because when you've got a criteria, you, it, it's hard to find. It, it's really hard to find. And, and so, but I, I really, the point, of, I think, of my whole deal with this thing is that so many times we handle that thing like a cheap shot, you know, just say, would you trust me, let's try it out. Well, good God, that, 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 that's, that, you're talking about somebody, if you're talking about a real sponsor, you're talking about somebody being involved in your life. I'm not going to let just anybody into my life to stomp around. It's going to have to be somebody that I respect and admire. And uh, so I, I put a lot of thought into that and then agree about how we're going. You know, I just dropped a guy, a young physician. He's a nice man. But the guy was late all the time. You know, we would set an appointment and, and he'd be late. And one time missed altogether. Well, I mean, God knows that's not just rude. Uh, it's unacceptable, you know. So I told him, I said, <laughs> not exactly the way we do this thing. So I got an appointment at your office. You don't react well if they don't show. He said, no. I said, I don't either. And so <laughs> I told him, I said, if you ever do that again, don't bother coming because we'll be done. And that's what, if you got a problem, you call me and you know, we'll work it out. But, but, you know, I think there's got to be guidelines like that and, and some stuff and, and to be serious about it. And not just some frivolous kind of catch-as-catch-can thing. Yeah. To be a sponsor or sponsor. That's right. Exactly yeah. right. Because sometimes yeah. that'll happen that, you know, that I would know quite a few people and then we would come around and stuff like that. Sure. Guys come up, and even believe it or not, sometimes females, they say, well, you're my sponsor. And I say, well, thanks for informing me. I didn't do that. Yeah. 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 Oh, I believe that. I get hit on a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, Bill, Bill, we'll just finish up a couple more here, and then we'll break, and then 
This yeah. is on that with, uh, with members helping out guys. So we've had that agreement. And you've sat down and you've made those terms. And then that member is no longer uh, able at that time to be making his end up of the deal. He's not making the calls. He's not showing up on time. He's not informing. He's not communicating with the group. You know, he's no longer being helpful to his sponsees. Uh, what do you do and what sort of attack do you take? Uh, uh, you know, because I don't believe maybe we're doing a service to that individual anymore by, by being a sponsor and not being uh, helpful, perhaps. Depends on whether I sponsor him or not. Let's suggest yeah. that you Yeah, if it's somebody that I sponsor, we'd be having going a trip to the woodshed. That'd be a... <laughs> But yeah, but but it's actually if I sponsor him, I, I'm not yeah. going to horn in somebody else. So, but but I think it's really irresponsible, and you're playing with somebody's recovery. Mm -hmm. so that's a serious kind of a kind of a, an omission if you're failing to carry out the deal. Have the dignity to say no. I'm sorry, I can't deliver. Yeah, and instead of frustrating, disappointing people. That, by the way, I, some of y'all knew uh, Reverend Ed, the gentle little teddy bear that uh, I sponsored him the last few years he lived. And uh, I told him when I agreed, I said, I'm going to throw in a caveat. He said, what? I said, if I ever have to take you to the woodshed, you, you're going to have to go peacefully now because I'm not going to drag you back there. That sucker was big as a bull elephant. One second. Who was it that was, was wanted to do something? Bill wanted to have yeah. a break. Yeah. Yeah, Bill. I tell you what, let's go ahead and do that break now because I don't want to get an insurrection going here. But, uh.